Hey guys, welcome to the New Clothes Podcast with your host, Jamie Sinsmere. Today is a day of reckoning. Today is a day of liberation. I am sharing my testimony with you today. Revelations 12, 11 says they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Today, I pray that by me sharing my testimony, it will not only set me free, but if you are struggling with something that Satan has a hold on your life, that you too will be set free. If you're not struggling today, there is still a word for you because you know what? There is power in a testimony. And I think it's been too long since we have shared those testimonies in our church And I want this to be a platform for us to just get together and talk about the goodness of God, his deliverance, his mercies. Life is not perfect, but we serve a perfect God. So let's get started. Psalm 66, 16 through 20 says, come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sins in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer and praised God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love for me. Before I share, I just want to pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to share my story today. I pray that you'd embolden me and that you'd speak through me, for I was the woman at the well. I was the prodigal son. I was like Moses who fled to the desert. I was Gideon hiding in the wine press, and you met me at the well. You ran to me as a father. You met me in the desert, and you told me, you have not withdrawn my calling. You spoke to me like Gideon and you called me mighty warrior even when I felt so weak and ashamed and I wanted to hide. I pray that you speak through me today. Open ears to hear and hearts to receive. Lord, I pray the message of your amazing grace will go out today. I want to share with you my testimony. Because some of you listening today know me, some of you don't. Some of you may have seen me fall and you wonder how can God use me. David wrote in Psalms 51.4, against you and you alone have I sinned. Yet I believe God can use our broken parts 
if we allow others to see them and to see the grace God offers us. Psalms 51, 1 through 13 says, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sin, wash me, clean me from guilt, purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion and it haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain from my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. What powerful verses. And to be honest, I hope that you have not gone through a point in your life that you can truly say, you know what David is feeling, but the reality is, is we're all humans. And so my guess is some of you out there do know what he's feeling. And like me, you can understand David's struggle between I'm forgiven, yet it haunts me day and night. We have been forgiven, yet we still are seeking that restoration of joy. You see, there was a time in my life when I became a shell of a person. I call it my zombie stage. That's the best way I can describe it. I was going on with life every day, doing my best to smile and look like I had it all together. But I was living in a secret sin. I had an affair that lasted about four years. And through that fair affair, I became less and less of a person and I was dying inside little by little. Oftentimes I wondered if I was looking at people and talking with them, I would look, I would wonder if they looked into my eyes, if they could really see me. I remember having this conversation with myself often as I'm looking at somebody and smiling and laughing. And I would wonder, can they really see me? Can they? because I couldn't feel my body, the shell of a person. It's hard to understand what that feels like until you actually become a shell of a person. And if you're living a whole life right now and you're, 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 you're walking and you don't have these hidden sins, you know, you probably fill out your skin, you fill out your shell, right? And when I, right now, today, when I'm looking at somebody, I'm right there with them. But when I was living in this hidden sin, when I was in this affair and the deeper I got into it and the deeper my life slid into sin, 
the less of a person I became. And I felt like there was just this little tiny bead of a person inside my head. And um, looking out my eyes, it was like I was so far back away from the edge of my face. Like there's just this little tiny, this little tiny thing inside me where my eyes, I was looking through this, this tunnel to get out of my eyes and then to see the world. I was, I was a zombie. I was the shell of a person. You see, when you have an affair, at least for me, it becomes an addiction because you know, like with, with drugs, I would assume I have not had that experience, but for me, I had messed up and I no longer could go to my husband. In my mind, I was dirty, filthy. So when I say I have an affair and you have all these nasty thoughts about me, maybe you do, maybe you don't, I'm not going to put that on you, but maybe you do. And, and maybe you have these, these names for me and and, and I'm not even mad at you about that because you can't call me anything I didn't call myself. Okay, so I became this very wretch of a person and I and I felt like I never could go back to that pure love because that person deserved better. I had walked this this mistake this in this affair. And so as a person whose love language is to be touched and have words of affirmation, I needed that in my life, but I couldn't receive it from the person who I was supposed to get it from. And so I had to go to where I shouldn't have gotten it from. And I was caught in the middle. And so I couldn't go to one place, but I needed it. So I had to go over and get my fix over here. And then, and then it just kept spiraling. That person I was getting my fix from was having his other affairs. And so then I decided, well, you're not really, you know, you can't, I felt like he came after me and I was very easy to say, it's your fault. My marriage is ruined. I wasn't looking for this and now you're doing all this. And so then I went and did my own other things. And so then I had different partners and my life spiraled to the deepest, darkest place I had ever been in. And I realized one day I was no better than an animal. That's where I was. I was a shell of a person and mentally and and emotionally and physically, I was no different than an animal. So now you look at that story of the prodigal son and, and I think about how the father embraced him. Some people, they say, You know, sin takes you farther than you want to go and it keeps you longer than you want to stay. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I truly believe that the wages of sin don't start after we die. It happens in our soul long before we die. The wages I was paid for my sins was killing me inside. When I say I was a zombie of a person, it was because I literally felt dead. One day I was at church and the song Glorious Day came up. I had never heard it before. And it was like God called me by name and in my mind I ran to him. 
If you don't know the words, let me read a few to you. He said, I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb until I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my tomb until I met you. And then you called my name and I ran out of that grave. Praise God for that gift. But it took me a long time to forgive myself. You see, Satan likes to whisper lies into our mind. You're not enough. How could God use you if people only knew where you came from? You aren't really made whole. You aren't really loved. You are defected. And you are not accepted. You see that song, I, I could see myself running out of that grave. But the reality is, as like I ran to the doorway. And I stood there, still condemning myself. I had years where I would pray every day and ask God to forgive me for my past. Forgive me for breaking my family up. Forgive me for the things I had done and, and would see things that I had done. And I would cry out. I still condemned myself. I heard this story about Houdini going from town to town to put um, his magic show on. He would go from town to town and to get things excited, you know, get the community excited and get a buzz going in the community. He would go to the local jail and have the sheriff lock him up and he would always escape and that would get everybody talking and excited. And then they'd come out to a show. Well, he came to this town and the sheriff decided to be a little tricky. When he locked Houdini in, he shut the door, put the key in the lock. But instead of actually locking it, he turned it the other way. So the reality is, is he never locked Houdini in. That night, Houdini went to escape. And he never could. He kept actually locking himself in rather than unlocking it. You see, Houdini believed a lie. The next morning, the, the sheriff came and let him out and told him Houdini was trapped by a lie. And that's how we can be too. That's how I was. Christ had set me free. Christ died on the cross for me. He set me free. I didn't have to pick the lock. I just had to walk out. He had already said, I've set you free. I want to take you to a passage in Luke 8. At the beginning of the chapter, we find Jesus starting out with his 12 disciples. And when we see the number 12 in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, it represents a divine government. And all through Luke chapter 8, we see Christ showing his divine authority. He is the author over the wind and the waves. He is the author over the demons and the demonic forces. And then we come to verse 40. Let me just read that for you. On the other side of the lake, the crowd welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. 
Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowd. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Here we see this woman with the bleeding issue. No matter what she did, she could find no cure. This bleeding issue represents our sin. It represents my sin. It represents yours. She did all she could do to cure it herself. But nothing worked. There is nothing we can do to fix our own sin. We can try to follow all the commandments. We can give money to the church. But the only way that we can cure it is at the feet of Jesus. In verse 45, we find Jesus asking, who touched me? Now, I don't believe this was for Jesus' benefit. I don't think he was keeping a journal and wanted to record it. No, I think that this was for her benefit. Because the Bible tells us after she explained it all, Jesus calls her. He calls her daughter. He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. She was sneaking up. No one saw this happen. She didn't go to the front of the church. She didn't, she didn't make it obvious. She snuck to the feet of Jesus. But he said, he called her, he called her daughter. Now, while all this was happening, Jari's daughter dies. So if the woman represents our sins and how we can't save ourselves, then this 12-year-old represents the resurrection showing us that Christ has the power over the wind and the waves, over demonic powers, and now over sin and death. The lady with the bleeding represented our sin. The girl who died represented death. Christ has the power to forgive us of our sins, even when we come, and, and mostly that's the way we come, right, is humbly before him, knowing that there is nothing that we can do to save ourselves, And the fact is, is that he is the only one that can heal us. He has the power over sin and death. Maybe today it's all you can do to get up and walk out your door, go to work, face the people that you have to face every day. And you wonder if Jesus would or could ever accept and forgive you. Do you need to hear, daughter, your faith has healed you? Do you need to hear, son, your faith has healed you? Notice it doesn't say the commandments healed you. It says your faith. Your faith in the fulfiller of the commandments, Christ, has healed you. See, we can't fulfill those commandments. We can't do it perfectly. But there is one who can, and he fulfilled them all. And he stood before the throne and he, he stands beside us when the accuser comes and he says, no, I've already paid for all that. Will you allow Christ to heal you? 
if we look at the story of the prodigal son, it says the father saw his son far off and began to run to him. If you don't know the story of the prodigal son, it's about this young man who, who asked for his half of the inheritance and he takes everything that was his and he squanders it on partying and, and very, um, you know, sexual living and, and drinking and drugs and prostitution and, and everything that's just dark and dirty, right? He, he lost it all. And so then he became very poor, found himself working for a pig farmer. And if you know anything about Jewish tradition, the pig is a very dirty animal. It is unholy. It's unclean. They don't eat it. They don't farm it. Um, it's, it's something they would have to ceremonially clean themselves of. And so I think it's interesting that Jesus chooses a pig farmer for where this son is working. And what we see is he's the son comes to the point where he said he longed to fill the, his stomach with the food given to those pigs. Can you imagine your place? And and I, I look at my myself when I was deep into sin. And I tell you that I felt no more than an animal, no higher, just dirty and wrong. I I could feel myself in this stench that was around me. But the Bible says that that father ran and he hugged his son. Imagine the smell of this son. My children raised pigs for 4-H. We had three pigs and they stunk. They stunk bad. Pig manure is not lovely to smell. Okay, so imagine the smell because he's he's living basically in with these pigs as he cares for them. And he's been walking home. There's no mention that he took a shower before he came home. He left the pig farm and went home, hoping just to be a servant. But we see the father running. We don't see the father slowing down when he catches a whiff of him saying, whoa, 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 son, not so fast. Stop, go clean up and then I'll embrace you. No, we see him wrapping his arms around him. He says, my son has come home. You see, so often Satan wants us to think that we are alone, that no one will love us. No one will accept us because of our sin. But the father calls us home. It took me time to heal. But today I am no longer walking as a zombie. I fill my shell and I walk in the mercies of God every day. I'm thankful that I have a compassionate and loving husband and junior. He's an amazing example of Christ's love. He has a servant's heart and he makes an impact wherever he goes. And together we do ministry in Haiti. I have restoration with my family today. Admitting to my children was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Admitting to my parents. But the thing that I have come to realize is that the truth really does set us free. And so if I share about the love of Christ, but I have these skeletons in my closet, 
somebody could come up to me and say, you know, yeah, but all you do all this now, but what about then? What if, what if they dug those out? And that's where Satan would hold me, right? That's where I was held in my prison because I, even when I had finally learned to forgive myself, I would still struggle from time to time with Satan saying to me, but what if people really knew what you did? If people knew your past, right? He could come, he constantly came and that was, that was, that was a hand, those were handcuffs. That was a prison for me because I never felt that I was enough. I never felt that people would truly love me if they knew the depth of my sins, the depth that I sunk to in my past. But as I, as I speak my truth, as I share what God has did for me, it's not about what I did. It's about the redeeming power of God, my savior. I was as low as could be. I could tell you a story of how bad I was, but it doesn't matter about all the intricate details. What matters is I have a father who ran to me when I stunk like pig and he embraced me and he said, come home. And then he washed me. He washed me. He gave me new clothes. And that's this podcast. We're going to talk about Zechariah 3, verse um, chapter 3, and how God said, your clothes are dirty. Take them off. Today, your sins are forgiven. Put on these new clothes. That's a powerful statement that God gave me. I have new clothes on today. I am not who I used to be. And I'm going to put out my dirty laundry for you to see. I'm going to take the skeleton out of my closet and I'm going to put it in my front yard. And it's your choice if you want to walk with me through this and walk with me as I share how God has changed my life and how I really believe we are we have more power than we realize we do. You have that choice, knowing everything about me. You know how low I got, but you also know the grace of my Savior. So today that sets me free because I'm no longer hiding. It's out there. But I hope that there's somebody out there listening that this sets free as well. You see, my testimony isn't just to set me free. It's to help you understand the love that God has for you. God wants to set you free. If you're dealing with something really dark that nobody knows about, he sees you, he still loves you, and he's calling for you, and he wants you to come home. And you can feel free to text me. You can feel free to send me a message. I would love to pray for you. God is the giver of every good and perfect gift, and he is the redeemer he has already paid the ransom for us. He loves you today and he wants you to be free. So if you like that song, let's end it with the, the words to that song. If you are buried beneath your shame, if you are carrying that weight, if you're in a tomb, if you're breathing but not alive, if all your failures you're trying to hide, if you're in a tomb, 
if you're in a cell, I want you to know that God is calling out your name. Well, guys, thank you for coming along with me today. If you heard that message and you want to run to him, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, thank you for the cross. I recognize that I am a sinner and I am in need of a savior. And I ask you to come into my heart today and to make me a new person. Forgive me of my sins and set me free. Help me to learn to walk with you and to serve you each day. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I want you to send me a message. I want you to let me know that you accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior. And I'm going to work to connect you with somebody that will pray for you. We'll find you a church in your area. Let's get together. Tell somebody. Tell me. I want to hear it. Be blessed today, guys. God loves you, and so do I. How much is a transformed life worth? Did you know only two out of 10 students will make it all the way through high school in Haiti? But even though Haiti is in a humanitarian crisis, there are children who are learning how to dream. We want to invite you to be a hero in a young student's life. We want to invite you to sponsor a high school student so that they will continue to attend high school. They won't be part of the statistic. They will learn critical thinking and leadership and hands-on skills, and you will be empowering them to make the change that we all wanna see in Haiti. We invite you to come along. Go to www.reachoutlefund.org give. There you can set up a monthly payment or a one-time payment, but we would love to have you partner monthly with us. Would you be a hero? This life is hard, and that we agree, but when God is for us, we can have victory. There's victory for you, victory for me. When Jesus comes in, he sets us free. I got new clothes. Don't you want some too? I gotta tell you what he did for me. He wants to do for you. He wants to heal you. Oh, wants to give you new clothes. He wants to heal you. Come on, put on your